0: Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed Feast of the Annunciation. This is one of those great respites during Lent, as this feast always falls during the great fast. Uh, historically, before there was a change in the calendar, there was the possibility of having the Feast of the Annunciation actually fall on Pascha. And so it was, that made all choir directors and rectors want to tear their hair out because it was a great conglomeration of all sorts. As you can hear, uh, even uh, last night, the priest sanctified the the feast because it's the four Feast of the Annunciation today, uh, as in today, now liturgically, but not today. But uh, you could hear all of annunciation pushing its way in unfortunately with this great feast as this is one of the great feasts of the church uh, because it falls in Lent and because of the solemnity of Lent uh, annunciation comes the four feasts a day the feast is a day the after feast is a day and then we say goodbye which is not typically the case for a great feast we will say hello for a while nativity we say hello for a long time uh, we'll even start hearing about Pascha in Holy Week because Pascha even pushes forward. Uh, this feast of the Annunciation, especially, uh, is dear during Lent because, kind of like in Great Compline, uh, where you have Great Compline as we started this vigil. If you're wondering, this is a different vigil. I remember vigils, it's just Vespers and then they put a little something on at the end, but. This was great Compline as you had been used to in the first week of Lent. Uh, it's more similar to what we do for Christmas and Theophany, uh, because there's a vesperal liturgy that's called for. I'm not going to get all the details as to why this is the case. Let's just say because of its Annunciation in Lent, this is why this is the case. But you get with that great, uh, we did a great sensing that God is with us in the midst of great compun. is a very penitential service uh, from the orologion, which is uh, the services that you do uh, throughout the day, the hours. You can hear hours in Orologian. Uh You can hear in God is with us this incredible affirmation of God's presence with his people. You even get, right, this is a great Christological uh, hymn. This is quoting from Isaiah, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty Counselor. You get all of this. And then with having enunciation, and especially in the canon, as we heard uh, this evening, I don't know if you pick it up, because uh, it is a, a perennial struggle for us to pay attention to the words. I know, because I have to do the same thing that you have to do, a struggle to hear, to not just hear as if it's a volume problem, but just to actually attend to what is being said. And what it is in the canon for the Annunciation, which is different from all the canons of Vigils for Feasts, or even Menaean canons, is you have a dialogue between the Theotokos and Archangel Gabriel. And it is, as this feast is a feast of awe, that this could actually happen. And that is Gabriel saying, yes, (laughs) this is... You were foretold by the prophets. You were uh, seen. This is what God has in store for you. Uh, This is one of the great contemplations in the midst of the Lenten struggle that God is with us, that there is an awesomeness to remind ourselves of this angelic visitation, the beginning of our salvation, that this is... Uh, For us, a great time of rejoicing, but of also stepping back and just contemplating the incredible mystery, God born of a virgin, the Holy Spirit settling, uh, hovering over the Mother of God, and the sheer incomprehensibility, how incomprehensible. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> this actually is. Because throughout Lit, we can get so sidetracked. And it's very easy. There's a lot of being on target, uh, running after God. But we can also, because we are attending to you know, our prayers in the more intensity, just our spiritual struggle is just... Well, for some of us, it's just a spiritual struggle in ways. It's just always a Lenten season, right? The Lenten demons come out and they start coming at you. You're fasting, all of these things, and it can become, especially, thank God it's come already, because we're not even to the halfway point, as a respite, as a sense of awe, as a sense of uh, God being with us, visiting us, uh, not just visiting us as he's going to come through, say hi and goodbye, but that he, in taking our flesh, uh, has great intimacy with us as our elder brother, as the Apostle Paul tells us. One of the great themes uh, early in the church about the Mother of God, we heard echoed in the hymn right before we began singing the canon during matins. Today, Gabriel announces good tidings to her who is full of grace. Rejoice, O unwedded maiden. Be not struck with dismay by my strange form, nor be afraid. I am an archangel. Once the serpent beguiled Eve, but now I announce to thee the good tidings of joy, O most pure one. Thou shalt remain inviolate, and yet shalt bear the Lord. Throughout uh, this feast, if you are used to, because this is one of the translation challenges, the archangel coming and saying, Rejoice! Okay, this is the hail, right? This is the hail from the Hail Mary full of grace. This is why throughout this canon there's rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. It's hail, hail, hail. Uh, Trying to capture words that are not in our language are are hard. But you have the Archangel Gabriel alighting and telling, uh, echoing of Eve and her lack of faith, lack of obedience. And that while Christ is the second Adam, as St. Paul tells us in the epistles, the early church very quickly started referring to Mary as the second Eve, that she is the one who, as we see in the icons, the pose uh, that we have on the Annunciation that we have here on the Royal Doors, there is, and you can see all the differences. You can see just the difference of this icon that we have, the analogian, there's a much more of a dramaticness because of what he says in the beginning of the hymn, do not be dismayed. Like, this is an angel. It's all angelic visitations. Everyone is afraid. But there's a more uh, sedate um, position that we see very often either in referring to our Lord, but especially this position I think captures, and often Annunciation icons will have, uh, this bowing of the head but also a kind of obedience that we see the mother of God uh, in uprooting and changing the pattern that Eve set for mankind. This is for us outside of awe and just contemplating the divine mystery of God becoming flesh, we have the example of the mother of God in her humility and obedience that what God wills for us Even as it, for her in that day and age, was, no one's going to understand this. No one's going to be able to wrap their head. And now, how about Joseph? Right? She's the unwedded mother. Uh, This is a great shame in that day and age. And she takes, uh, as she will throughout the rest of the Gospels that we see here, even at the cross, there is, while there is lamentation, there is... And obedience and submission to the will of God, uh, ready to act when God says, "This is the plan he says yes let 's do that." So may we continue throughout uh, well tomorrow to celebrate continue to celebrate this feast there 's also a reprieve and fasting with uh, fish uh, back on the menu for the Annunciation, uh, and we have uh, great A great work still ahead of us as we have the cross this coming weekend uh, and the rest of Lent and then uh, Holy Week. But throughout this, let us remember this feast, uh, the awe of God becoming one of us and the mother of God, the leader of triumphant hosts, uh, setting the trail for us to follow after her in humility and obedience. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.